Welcome back to part three of our podcast in honor of the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Our guest is Buell Wesley Frazier. He and Rob Frazier are the authors of Steering Truth, My Eternal Connection to JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald. It's available on Amazon and I'm sure in many bookstores as well. Mr. Frazier, you've told us now about how you came to meet Lee Harvey Oswald, about how you would drive him home on generally on the weekend to Irving, Texas, where you also lived, where he would spend the weekend with his wife, who was living with a woman named Ruth Payne. Anyway, you took Lee Harvey Oswald to work on Friday, November 22nd in 1963. And of course, as the day proceeded, Later in the day, John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and you were taken in for questioning because there was suspicion against you. You were released, and, you know, you were never charged. But what happened after that? What happened on Monday? Did you just go back to work as usual? Yes, yes. We we reported back to work on Monday, and we resumed uh, normal activities. But the thing was... It was very unusual because people were in shock. They couldn't believe what happened out in front of that building on Friday. They they were having a hard time accepting that. And also, someone that worked with us and walked among us, uh, they were being blamed for something like that. And everybody was having a hard time uh, understanding and figuring that out, you know, and accepting that. Uh, I know they told us... uh, if you see anybody in the building that you don't recognize, you know, come get Mr. Shelley or Mr. Truly. And there were some people they found up on the sixth floor. I'm talking about I'm talking about reporters and everything. You have written a book about your experiences. The title of it is Steering Truth. And you talk about your, I think you say, the your eternal connection to Lee Harvey Oswald and the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. I mean, one day you were just working a job, and the next day you were at the middle of this national turmoil. How has this affected you as a person? And was there a time when it was particularly difficult to accept that you'd had this connection with the man accused of killing the president? Yes. Um, it it changed the way I perceive people. That young boy that came out of these deepies. Texas. Um, he was he was friendly, and he thought everybody was his friend. But after this incident, I uh, was drawn in with myself, and I just didn't trust anyone. I was very leery of anyone and everyone. Um, and um, to my family and um, the man upstairs. Um, it's helped me tremendously. Um, it's not a um, day goes by in my life that I don't relive that day. I think about it. I think about it more than most people would ever dream. Um, uh, I ask myself, well, why does this have to happen? Why here? Why me? Uh, so many questions. Um, but. Um, through, through a lot of time, 
Um, and I, um, I met two guys, um, many years later. They came to, they came to, um, where I lived. The name was Gus Russo and Dave Perry. Dave Perry is, um, a very good friend of mine. We've been friends for many, many years. Um, and to me, I think he's the best Kennedy researcher in, in the country. Um, the guy is very thorough in what he does, and um, he has helped me uh, to understand that there is there is a generation out there, and there is people that are interested in what I have to say and want to hear because um, I... Um, I've talked to college students at the University of Virginia. I also worked with a good friend of mine who teaches a uh, AP Honors History class in Wyoming. And through talking to those uh, students, both co- college and high school, uh, they made me realize that um, there were young people that really wanted to know what happened that day to the best of my ability, and I have done that to explain that to them. Um, it's given me confidence, um, and after over 50 years, um, and, and it took me a long time to actually want to do a book. Uh, but then uh, one day my son says, uh, when are you going to talk for yourself? So so many people have written things about me, and some of those people give the reader the uh, impression that they know me personally. But a lot of these people I've never met in my life. I wouldn't know if I passed them on the street. I don't know who they are. And sometimes they don't always get things right in their stories. So uh, my son made me realize that I need to I need to do a book and tell my own story. And that's what I've done in Steering Truth. Do you have any revelations in your book, uh, things that people have not heard about yet, or is this more of a retelling from your point of view of things that have been previously discussed? Um, I, I'm hoping that people will find the book interesting. Uh, because it's written in three parts. It's written about uh, myself when I was a young kid growing up in East Texas and the things that I had to overcome. And then uh, my time when I moved to Irving, Texas and worked at Texas School Book Depository. And then uh, the third part is about uh, my life since leaving there in that time frame. What is what has happened to me? Um, and I'm hoping that the people that that read and purchase the book, I hope they, I'm hoping that they think it's worth their time they spent reading it as well as what they paid for it. And as far as the book, um, it's um, it's out on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And then for the people that like to, um, uh, and there's also electronic uh, version that uh, you can, um, one can get um, 
to Amazon, uh, Apple iTunes, Barnes and Noble, and Google Play. Um, and I've also um, I'm working on uh, having the publishing company release a paperback or a clothback. Uh, it's what it's more like. It's um, and when I say paperback, you think about some of the old inexpensive uh, books you used to see on uh, uh, news racks and so forth. This clothback is a much better finished book. Uh, so I'm offering it three ways: hardback. Crossback and then the electronic version that you can put on your um, on your Kindle, your Fire, uh, your uh, iPad, or whatever you want to uh, device you want to put it on. So it's out on multiple platforms. Yes. Well, let me ask this question. You said earlier, and I believe that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's widow Marina. Uh, said something similar to it, too. She said, if the truth does not come out about this crime, uh, not only will it hurt this country, she said, if the truth doesn't come out, it will destroy this country. I think you said since the killing of JFK, the country hasn't been the same. Do you think the harm that has been caused to the country came from the direct killing of JFK, or did it come from things that came after that? The Warren Commission, uh, the CIA said, uh, I believe in 2013, admitted that the CIA director had misled, openly misled the Warren Commission. Some have said, and I tend to believe, that if there wasn't a conspiracy before the fact, there was certainly one after the fact when uh, top governmental leaders tried to squelch the idea that somehow the Soviet Union had been involved, that Oswald was working for them. Uh, there are all kinds of theories, but what kind of harm and what kind of damage do you think Kennedy's assassination did to the United States? Um, here they say that in time, you know, time heals things. But until I think we know more about this, uh, I think it's kind of on hold. I think it's a possibility it will happen, but the the thing is the the Warren Commission uh, report was written so quickly after this happened, and I had to go to Washington D.C. and testify before the Warren Commission. Well, all due respects to the Warren Commission and everything, I asked I have asked myself this. I think that was written before I my sister and I ever testified there. Because the reason I say that is that because uh, Mr. Ball, the attorney that was questioning me there at the Warren Commission, um, he almost seemed like he was reading from a script because he would ask me stuff and I would give my answer. Well, uh, it was almost like when I was being questioned by the Dallas police, they would, if they didn't like my answer, then they would come back to it in a couple of minutes and reword the same question in a different manner and uh, trying to um, get me to change my testimony, my sisters and I, uh, that really that really rubbed me the wrong way because they were supposed to be there to find the truth. Well, what I believe, and I could be wrong, 
I think the Warren Commission report was written before I ever testified. Well, of course, I know you know, but for those who don't know, who may be listening, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, to remind them, was murdered while he was being transferred from the city to the county jail. He was murdered on national TV by a man named Jack Ruby. He later had his conviction thrown out and he died of cancer uh, before a new trial was uh, started. But Oswald died. He never had a trial. So for whatever reason, to investigate the crime, certainly, and maybe to reassure the people of the United States, President Johnson impaneled a presidential commission called the Warren Commission. A number of people said on it, people had uh, who had come from some pretty high positions in government. And it was headed by Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren. But of that wasn't a trial, and although people say, you know, well, it was handled like a trial, Oswald didn't have an attorney. It wasn't a trial because you can't try someone who is dead, but you can investigate this person ad infinitum, and that's what happened. There have been several investigations. I think even today about 60% of the people don't accept the conclusions of the Warren Report, which was done in 1964. Well, people have told me that... that uh that they don't respect the Warren Commission report. They think it's a whitewash. Uh, and I said, well, he's certainly entitled to your opinion. Um, but people have to remember, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested and was in the uh, Dallas police custody. He never appeared before a judge and a jury. Uh, Lee was never convicted of anything. Uh, the death of uh, President Kennedy or uh, the uh, Dallas policeman uh, Tippett. Uh, he never lived long enough. So, therefore, all anyone can actually truly say and be correct is that he's alleged assassin. It never was proven. We are talking with Buell Wesley Frazier. Mr. Frazier, at the age of 19, was the man who, whether he intended for it to happen or not, he drove Lee Harvey Oswald to work, just as he did on many other days, on the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Overall, what are your feelings about your book, Steering Truth, and about what happened to you? Well, I think I think in all, uh, Mr. Steve Smith, I think this book has been good for me. Uh, because I've been able to put down uh, in print um, words that has helped um, helped me in many ways. Um, I just hope that the people receive it well. And it wasn't that I waited uh, so long to do this. I just was turned off by so many negative comments from people back then. Uh, that I thought it just best to just not write a book, not do anything. Just hope time would uh, heal things and and uh, correct things. But you know, after fifty something years, I uh, finally come to the conclusion that you know it's time that I talk for myself and and people hear my story uh, because I've gotten or I have become. Uh, tired of reading, uh, reading something uh, 
someone who's written in another book about my thoughts. I see. Because a lot of them, a lot of them has never talked to me. They don't know what I think. Um, and I just hope that, like I said, I just hope that people uh, enjoy the book. Um, maybe they'll learn some things in there they didn't know. Um, and if so, that's good. Um, and maybe some some people. Uh, I know there's so many Kennedy researchers in the country, and I think, and I think I've I've been told it's been over three thousand books written uh, has something to do with the JFK assassination. Now that I don't know. I've been told that I don't know, but I just hope that um, this book is well received and and people enjoy the time that I put into this because um, it took about five years to write this book. Uh, Sometimes we were working on it and then I didn't, then it quit for a while because um, some of the things I talk about in the book is very sad for me. And uh, this story is not in there that that I could have put in there, but I didn't want, uh, I just kind of, uh, told some of my stories of my younger childhood. I didn't really have a childhood. Um, and that's the sad thing about it, but all those experiences I've had from a young boy to now is shaved, is shaped and, uh, mold me into the person I am. I'm a very, I'm a very quiet person. I don't, uh, I don't uh, enjoy, um, I don't enjoy uh, bringing attention to myself. Do you think it was fate? Say again. Well, do you think you were fated to be that there that day? Do you think you were fated to drive Oswald to work? That you were fated to do that on the day if he indeed shot the president? That that half. That happened to you. I wanted to ask you, too, have you ever met uh, Ruth Payne? Uh, that's the woman, of course, who with whom Oswald's wife was living and with he whose house he stayed at that final night before you drove him to work that Friday morning. Yes, I have. How about Marina Oswald Porter? Have you ever met her? No, sir. I have never met or talked to the woman in my, in my life. Never. A lot of people seem to think that all these people know each other, but uh, they don't. Well, I think you and Mrs. Payne are similar in that you encountered Oswald and encountered what happened sort of out, uh, completely out of the blue. Well, people have to realize that uh, Miss Payne, which I never personally got to know, my sister used to talk to her, and when the women would meet in the the neighborhood for coffee or tea and, you know, some type of pastry items. They got to know and talk to one another. I truly, I know who Miss Payne is when I see her, but I have never really sat down and chatted with her a long time or anything. Uh, I have seen her uh, here in Texas at the, um, in Irving uh, when they donated, when they had her to come and, uh, and uh, the house that they tried to put back that won her old house there in uh, Irving. Uh, she helped them, and, um, and the city of Irving did a tremendous job on that. 
if someone comes to the Dallas Fort Worth area, I think they need to go out there and look at that house. And because they put it back the way it was in 1963. And once you walk into it, you know you're into a different time frame. But, um, but Miss Payne, she saw, she saw Lee in a different atmosphere than I did. Um, I, I was around Lee, uh, at work and working with him. And then I rise back and forth from Dallas to Fort Worth. But the people have to remember that, uh, the, um, that the book, uh, Steering Truth is much more, uh, than, uh, curtain rods and rides back and forth to Dallas and Fort Worth, as you mean, uh, from Dallas to Irving. It's much more. And in my book, I like to mention, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, uh, briefly, uh, uh, Robert Frost's poem. And the poem is The Road Not Taken. Well, what I say in my book is I say, I took the path less traveled, and it made all the difference. Well, I'm not misquoting him. The actual poem that Robert Frost had written, it goes something like this. I shall be telling with a sigh something ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood. And I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And what my response is, going back to that, I thought about that poem when I put what little I did of the poem in the book. I wasn't misquoting the poem. I just was trying to show the resemblance that uh, I had in my mind. And what I did was similar to what Robert Frost Frost, uh, wrote about in his poem. It seems all you were doing was trying to help out a guy who didn't have a car. Yes, and the thing is, I was taught when I was a kid, you know, be nice and kind to people and help someone when you need it. That's all I was. I was just a, I was just a young boy in a big city, and I thought everybody was my friend, and, and I was there to help anyone I can. And all I did, I was just a young kid that did a nice deed. There was a man that needed a ride out to Irving, to see his his wife and child and spend some time with them. And since he only lived they only lived a half a block from where I lived, you know, it didn't it didn't cost me anything to be nice and give him a ride out there. Or as they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes, Randy Travis talks about it in one of his songs. Yes. Are you a big country and western fan? I like Randy Travis's music a great deal, yes. Oh yes. I have a lot of his music. And the thing is, and I've often mentioned, not in my book, but my personal, some of the best songs, Mr. Smith, I think are nothing more than letters. That someone has just read them and just picked up an instrument and put the sound to the, the words. Well, our conversation has been a, a very interesting letter, and I, it sounds to me as if your book, Steering Truth, is also a very interesting letter, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me. Well, good. You know, it's old saying that people has told me, and I believe this. Uh, you know, I'm a country boy, and I'm still in my heart, I'm country, a hundred percent. 
you can take the boy out of the country, but you never take uh, the country out of the boy. Our guest has been Buell Wesley Frazier talking about his book, Steering Truth, and his experiences connected with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Mr. Frazier, thank you very much for talking to me. Maybe we can uh, do it again sometime. I appreciate that. We wish you the best. Well, you have a wonderful day and a, a super tomorrow. Bye. That concludes part three of our podcast, 60 Years Gone dedicated to the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Again, our guest was Buell Wesley Frazier. He is the author of Steering Truth, My Eternal Connection to JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald. It's available on Amazon Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores. I'm Stephen Smith. Have a good day, and as Mr. Frazier said, a super tomorrow.